You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by LymeRevive.org. Information and healing for Lyme disease. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant, here with Lee Self, CEO Peer Group Leader for Renaissance Executive Forums. Welcome, Lee. Thank you. It's good to be here. So how in the world did you become a peer group leader for CEOs? Well, I, uh, I was done with um, I decided that my corporate world, you know, wasn't for me anymore. I had worked for a big company and a small company, and I decided I didn't want another job. So I started looking for business opportunities, and I came across this quite literally out of the blue, and it was immediately appealing to me. Did you have to go through special training? I mean, these are yes. CEOs of big well, companies. I've been to your, your groups, yes. and these are impressive people. How in the world do you you know, well, mentor these guys. Yes. Well, so I had, I did go through training, but part of my training was the training I'd had in the corporate world previously. So I was certainly no stranger to um, the executive boardroom and one-on-ones with uh, presidents of, of business units. And so, and I had also done, had some facilitation training in my corporate background. The main thing, though, that's important about what I do is not how much I know and what I've been trained in doing, but bringing the right people together because the value they get is from each other. And what are some of the lessons that you've learned from these CEOs that you've uh, Well, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned, and probably some of them have learned a little too, is uh, is humility. I mean, I went into this thinking I, I already knew everything, and um, I just wanted to have a job that fit my lifestyle better. Instead, um, I've learned more in working with them than I had ever learned before. And I believe that the process attracts people who want to learn from others and therefore have a, a, a healthy dose of humility. So it's a rather diverse group that you get together with yes. when you meet with these individuals. How How is it? Th- so I understand that, that you are a person of faith. Yes. And, and I want to I yes. know... I want to know your faith story, but then I want to also know how you bring it to your work. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll just share that. It, it turns out when I was starting this business 15 years ago, two of the first people I met, uh, there were a number of people I met in those early months, but actually you were one of them. And another gentleman, Robert Brandau, I also met. And the common thread between the two of you is you both mentioned the high-tech prayer breakfast. So, um, Lo and behold, I wound up uh, attending um, a couple years later, and that really has been a huge uh, fulcrum for connecting my faith and my work. And then how did you uh, tell, you, you spoke at the prayer breakfast once, and right. I heard your riveting story. So give us a, an abbreviated version of, of how you came to the faith that you now have. Thank you. Well, well I, you know, I, I started believing in Jesus when I was seven years old, but I had really gone astray because I had fallen in love and married Um, the love of my life, uh, who was also an alcoholic. So I was afraid that, um, and he wasn't too interested in church, although he professed that he was a Christian. Um, uh, We were just not living any kind of life that uh, was healthy for either one of us. And um, for years and years, I just denied that he was an alcoholic because I loved him so much, and I couldn't figure out how both could be true. So um, the high-tech prayer breakfast was actually a pivot point for me and um, Adolf Kors IV uh, spoke at the first one I attended, and his, his message resonated with me, and it, along with several other things, 
uh, in addition to starting a working women's Bible study and, um, and finally attending Al-Anon, helped me to become humble and to realize that I had to change, that me trying to change my husband was a losing battle. And um, that brought me right back to the arms of God. And um, I read, I started reading the Bible again with, with a vengeance, and, um, and it, really, it really changed me. And, and ultimately, the good news is, and it doesn't always happen, but in our case, you know, my husband changed also, and our marriage was restored. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think that, um, to me, is amazing when I look back on it because, in many ways, I would never have gone to the high-tech prayer breakfast if I hadn't started this business. And I know that God put me in this work for his purposes, not just for mine. And then you did the hard thing. You went and you, you shared this very personal story <laughs> in front of a 800-person audience after losing your husband. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was very hard. Um, it was very hard in many ways. Obviously, there's so many people there, and I had stage fright. But also, it's a very personal story. And the last thing I ever wanted was for any of it to reflect badly on my husband, who I loved dearly. But I, but I knew that it was not that God had given me this story for a purpose, and I knew that it was it was what He wanted, and I just I just learned not to say no to God. <laughs> uh, were any of the CEOs that you uh, work with there? Uh, they were. They were actually when I first started hosting years earlier. I would invite I and always have invited my forum members, and over the years a number of them have come. But that year was amazing because since I was speaking, we had a little. I had a little better turnout than I had had before. Did they actually ask you to come? Did they oh, ask did they if they ask could come? They, yeah. well, I had a couple of people, yeah, that, yeah. that did do that. And I also had others who weren't able to be there but listened to the video and who called me and encouraged me. It was, it was amazing. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about the Working Women's Bible Study. That's unique. Uh, yes. Uh, well, again, I, I thought... I want, you know, after I attended the high-tech prayer breakfast, I checked the box that said, yeah, I'd like to go to Bible study. And I was told, we don't really have a women's, a working women's Bible study. But I said, fine, when you get one, let me know. And um, it turned out Robert Brandau stands up at a, at a host committee meeting and says, uh, oh, Lee Self and Julie Lama are going to start a working women's Bible study. And that was, that was not at all what I had in mind because I had not been reading the Bible and I was pretty sure I couldn't teach anybody else about it. But God sent women to that first group who were just so um, steeped in scripture and in their faith. And they surrounded me with love and um, they taught me. And that was a critical piece of God's way of changing me at a time that he knew I needed. I understand without mentioning any names or specific circumstances, you've had to deal with some pretty tough issues in that group. Do you want to talk about how You've worked with other women, and mm. how the women have worked together to help mm. each other through life circumstances. Yeah, we, I mean, we pray together, and women come. I mean, whether it's me and my husband's, you know, alcoholism, him, him dying, um, my son going off the rails, and then other women, you know, divorce, job loss, um, other losing other loved ones, just you know, life. And we always we always pray together before we start. Uh, just one on one, we we pair up, and it's it's one of the best. And we didn't do that initially, but um, it's been one of the best things about it. And the women around the table have changed over the years. It's now been twelve years that we've been meeting on Fridays at lunchtime. But 
but um, but God hasn't changed, and yeah. He continues to work through it. Yeah, the one thing I've learned being in a pretty visible workplace ministry is that nothing would surprise me anymore. Every, you know, people, Christian people in the, the business community all have the same problems that anybody else has, yeah, it's and true. and so um, I have more secrets from more people. And I imagine you've had to work through some tough stuff, too. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Cuba every year. You <laughs> yeah. were going to Cuba before anybody I knew was going to Cuba. Tell well, me how you got into that. Well, it wasn't my plan. I, I, so because of my work and because of the high-tech prayer breakfast, I got involved in a ministry at my church that is also a business outreach ministry. It's called Bridgepoint Connections. And the guy that had set up came to one of our meetings and says, oh, I think we need to go on a mission trip. And there's this opportunity to go to Cuba. And I wanted to crawl under the table because I wasn't at all interested in going to Cuba, number one. And number two, the sole purpose of us going was to share the gospel. And I thought you just talked about Jesus at church mostly, you know. I mean, I would invite people to the high-tech prayer breakfast, but I wasn't, oh my gosh. The idea of sitting down one-on-one with a stranger and explaining to them about Jesus was very scary to me at the time. But lo and behold, God put, took away all of the barriers to that first trip. And, and now um, it's become a habit. I go twice a year and it's the most amazing thing in my life. Do you speak Spanish? No, I don't. I have a, tra- I have a translator. We all have translators or interpreters and they are, they're like not only helping us with the language, but they are as passionate about Christ as anyone I've ever met. And they are such strong faith partners. And are the Cuban people receptive? Very, incredibly receptive. That's the amazing part. And only God can do that. Um, Here in the U.S., we take uh, faith for granted. We have access to it, and many of us, um, you know, choose not to uh, pursue it. In Cuba, they don't really have access to it. And for whatever reason, God is moving in their hearts. And, like, I mean, amazing numbers of Cubans, when you share Christ with them, are um, most of them are so eager to receive. Lee, you've mentioned being called by God to do certain things. How do you know when God is calling you, and how do you know that you've answered his call? Well, the the Cuba experience comes to mind because that was one where um, I didn't want to go to Cuba. And often he calls us to do things we don't want to do, and sometimes he calls us to do things we do want to do. But what was distinctive about that was um, saying no ultimately was not an option. And I think that for me, I think for each of us, we're different in how God relates to us. But for me, when I know that no is not an option, I know it's God, even though yes doesn't feel great. Um, Yeah. So we talked a little bit earlier about God's sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of our listeners realize that God does have a sense of humor. I think he does. Have you experienced it? I've experienced it in lots of ways. And I know he has a sense of humor because we're created in his image and and we do. But um, one of the funniest ones, which I did not see funny at the time or even when I was speaking at the high tech prayer breakfast, but it was brought to my attention that it was very funny that Adolf Kors IV was the guy whose message got through to me, you know, the wife of an alcoholic. And, um, and you know, having been uh, an heir to the, the brewing company, you know, industry, um, that was kind of funny. I used to, I mean, alcohol was my enemy and anything about it, I detested. So I think that's a little bit of God's sense of humor. That is funny. I, we, we had um, planned a, a happy hour 
which is unusual. <laughs> if you, I think you were there. Yes. Uh, we, we thought we would try something new and different. You know, we don't attract necessarily all of the young people at a 7 a.m. Right. breakfast. So we thought, well, we'll meet them where we're going to meet them. And we had a happy hour. And it just so happens that our speaker that year was a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> but she, she came there like a champ. Yes. And, uh, and didn't have a drink. I think she drank yeah, right. water. But, uh, That's right. But the people that wanted drinks could have them. That's and, right. And uh, it was all good. So if, if people want to get plugged in, uh, not everybody listening is local, but if they want to get plugged in with um, your working women's Bible study, how can they find you? Um, well, they can call me on uh, 703-402-5065 and, um, or text me or email me at lself at executiveforums.com and I'd love to meet them. All right, fantastic. So I just want to encourage our listeners to follow us on Facebook at Faith at Work Radio. Uh, that's www.facebook.com slash Faith at Work Radio. We also host a podcast and the podcast is on all of the major podcasting networks. That includes iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, all the others, Spreaker. And so please download the podcast, subscribe so you can get all of the back uh, versions of this show as well as uh, future versions. And Lee, any parting thoughts for our listeners uh, before we sign off? Yeah, I just would encourage folks to see God at work just like any other place because he's everywhere. That's perfect. Thank you. Yes, I gotta have You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by LimeRevive.org.